Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is not narrow sectarianism, but the body of Christ. Through his messages in these life studies, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll-free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program. All children of God have, or at least should have, the desire to obey him as our Father, we should obey him in order to honor him. Yet, do we know who is this one that we want to please and obey? Well, the Bible reveals that he is the very God of creation and of the Old Testament, for there's only one God, and forever there will only be one God. But if we do not know him according to the process that he has passed through in order to reach man, it will be impossible for us to live in the realm of real obedience. The processed triune God, that's our focus on this message today from the Life Study of Leviticus, and we're happy to have Ron Kangas joining us again. Welcome back, Ron. Thank you for asking me to participate in the fellowship on this particular message. Surely there's nothing more enthralling than the revelation in the Scriptures concerning the triune God as he is in his eternal Godhead and as he is in his economy to become the one processed and consummated, to be dispensed into us. Uh, I'm looking forward to our fellowship uh, in response and in relation to our Brother Lee speaking very much. Yes, me too. You know, one might ask uh, a life study on Leviticus here. It's winding down really the next to the last program on Leviticus. How do we get to the triune God, a very New Testament topic? Well, I think it's fair uh, to point out that this matter of the triune God— is a pillar, really, in the uh, ministry of both of these two brothers, Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Chapter 26 of Leviticus, where Witness Lee was at when he gave this particular message, is a chapter on the matter of obedience. And he brings out the point that in order to obey God, we really need to know him. And so uh, looking at who is this one that we know really was, I think, his springboard to get to what his real burden was in this program, and that is an examination or at least an exploration of the triune God and this process that he's gone through. I really would encourage all of our listeners to stay with us for this. This is a critically important topic, and I think you'd join me in that exhortation, wouldn't you? For sure. And I would just add this point of encouragement. And as a faithful testimony, not with the intention of really drawing attention to any person, but the material that we are covering in this message is from the ministry of a man who really knows God. He knows not only the scriptures and the teachings of the scriptures, but this scriptural knowledge has been combined with a real, genuine experience of the triune God according to the word and in the body of Christ. 
or what is precious to me about the material that we'll cover now is not merely or even mainly, Chris, the ideas or the truths, but mainly the reality of God ministered by a genuine uh, minister of Christ as someone who has gone way beyond doctrine to know God himself. This message, I would say, is especially for those who hunger for God, who thirst for God, who want to be one with God and filled with God for God's glorious expression. And I say sincerely in the Lord to anyone in this category, you don't want to miss this message and this fellowship. We have two short portions from Witness Lee today in this program. Let's go to the first one right now. This chapter, the word of a warning, begin with a kind of a base for us to take for obedience. And the base is this. God himself must be our unique goal. We shouldn't seek anything other than God, as we are his creatures, and especially we are his children. We should only have him as the unique goal after which we seek God himself. Of course, now we know our God today is the processed triune God. He is not the same as he was in Genesis 1. He has gone through so many processes. He has gone through the incarnation. He has gone through the human living. He has gone through the all-inclusive death. And he has gone through the wonderful resurrection. And he has entered into ascension. Now he is in his descension to let us to have him. Today, our God is such And such a God should be our unique goal for us to seek after God himself. Well, Ron, we've pointed out that chapter 26 of Leviticus deals with obedience. And if you read the whole chapter, it contains both the promise of blessing to those who obey as well as a very severe warning for us or for those who don't. But our main point today is that God himself must be the basis for our obedience to him. And if we don't really know him and know about him, it's impossible long-term to be obedient. So that brings us, I think, to two striking things that we just heard. The first is this matter of the process that God went through. We're going to devote most of our time today to this topic, but let's set it aside for just a minute. And uh, I want to pick up this last point he made that I thought was also striking, and that is he said that This unique God, or this one God, should be our unique goal. I think most people don't often think of God in this context as their goal. Uh, You agree with that? Yes, I do so reluctantly, because it's not a pleasant fact. But most of the Lord's people, and I'm speaking candidly here, Chris, being childish, care for things that come from God, God's gifts, God's doings. God's blessings outwardly understood. These are the values of children. But to care for God himself, to hunger and thirst for God himself, to take God himself 
as our unique goal. This is something much higher. But this understanding is not unprecedented among the Lord's seekers. There's a hymn in our hymnal, and one of the hymns, it begins with these words, My goal is God himself, not joy nor peace. And the writer of this hymn took God as her, or it might have been his, goal, and desired to go beyond even getting something such as peace from God or joy from God, but getting God himself. For our brother Lee to speak of God as a unique goal is an indicator that in the life of this dear brother, God was his unique goal. And we are learning of the Lord and learning through this ministry to so grow in life that we're single in our pursuing. Our goal, Chris, is God himself. That's a really good point, Ron. Uh, It's very hard to stand up and encourage people in that kind of way. We might encourage them to do a lot of other things, but to encourage them to make God their unique goal, if he is not our unique goal, is very difficult to do. Yet I think we both have the testimony in the time that we were able to spend with him. In that time, we saw not just the exhortation, we really saw the demonstration, the pattern, didn't we? We did, and as you were fellowshipping, I'm reminded of the verse we all know about loving the Lord our God you know, from our whole heart, our whole soul, mind, and strength. Is this not taking God as the unique goal? Our whole being is focused on him, concentrated on him, wanting nothing other than him, certainly nothing in place of him. This is actually normal. To not be this way is to still be subnormal in our spiritual experience. So we look to the Lord that he will use the word under his blessing and with his grace to work in God's people that our desires, our intentions, our motives will all be touched. And the result of that touch, we're becoming simplified. We only want God. We only want the triune God embodied in Christ as the Spirit. And we'll see as we go on now, the God whom we seek is not only God in his Godhead objectively, but the God who has been processed and consummated in Christ as the Spirit to be our all-inclusive blessing. This is the one we seek, the one we love, and the one we serve. Well, that brings us right to our second section today on this very point, Ron, the processed triune God. Let's go to Witness Lee. Christians, by reading the Bible, seeing some of the things just from the appearance of the black and white, they say we have to obey God. Yet, they don't know what is the real denotation to obey God. To obey God means what? Means to honor him as the very process of God. To honor him as the consummated God. You see, he was God, perfect eternity. But still he needs some process to go through that he might be consummated. To say this, it seems we are not so uh, reverent. Is God not perfect? Yeah, he's perfect. Is not God completed? Let me check with you. Was God not perfect in the past? Yes. In eternity past? Yes. 
was not God perfect? Yes. Then, was God complete? What a heresy <laughs> to say that God, even God, the perfect God, was not completed. This checks all the years of top theologians. God was not complete? Was God short of something? God was short of what? Very good. God was perfect in eternity, but he was not complete yet. He was short of humanity. He had his divinity. He had his Godhead, but he didn't have humanity. He was God, yet he was not a man. Today, our God is not just the God. Our God is the God-man. He is of boots, what? Divinity and humanity. He is divine, yet, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. He is also human. Amen. He is divinely human, and he is humanly divine. Amen. He was perfect, but he was not complete yet. Our God today is such a God. When Moses received this word of warning from God to pass on to the children of Israel, he didn't know this. At that time, his God was still the perfect God, not complete yet. But today, we are here studying his word. And we can say our God today, hallelujah. Amen. It's different from Moses' God. But this doesn't mean these are two gods. These are one God in two stages. At Moses' stage, God was only God without being a man. But today, we are worshiping him, not only as God, but as the God-man. Lo, here's a man in heaven. Amen. And this man is the very God. Amen. This is our God. Ron, in this portion we heard a couple of phrases, uh, a couple of expressions, I would say, or ways of expressing uh, a spiritual truth and reality that Witness Lee has been criticized for from time to time, particularly this matter of saying God has been processed or that God was incomplete. These things sound strange and, as he even pointed out, perk the ears of the theologians, but probably a lot of people, uh, their interest is uh, aroused by such speaking. Yet, could we examine it? We've saved enough time, I hope, today to bring this into a proper context and really address it in a good way. So let's examine these things and see if they really do stand up to uh, the light of God's Word. Our ears should perk up at hearing expressions such as these, and we should want to understand accurately what it is Brother Lee is saying and that we are saying when we speak of God being processed. We are now in the depths of the divine revelation here. And I would hasten to say that everything we believe and teach is based on the Word of God, not on philosophy, not on some kind of religious mysticism, nor on a kind of self-invented understanding. The Bible clearly reveals that there is one and only one God who is immutable in his essence and attributes. He does not change. He is God. He is I am. He cannot change. He is eternally the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. 
All three of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, are God. All three are eternal. All three exist at the same time. That is, they coexist. And all three co-inhere, which is to say they dwell in one another. This eternal, co-inhering, co-existing, triune God is, always has been, and always will be perfect. And this perfection in his eternal Godhead is not subject to change. But the New Testament, and this became troubling to Orthodox Jewish believers in their monotheism, the New Testament clearly reveals striking things, namely that God became a man. Just think of it. And in this man, the Lord Jesus, the fullness of the Godhead, dwells. Well, just consider the steps. God was begotten or conceived by the Spirit within the womb of a human virgin. Then, after a normal gestation period, was born, and as an infant, was worshipped by the Magi. That little infant was God, Isaiah 9, 6, said, Unto us a child is born. This is the mighty God. So this wonderful one, the God-man, lived a human life, died an all-inclusive death, was resurrected and ascended. And now this glorified God-man, with his humanity brought into divinity by resurrection, is on the throne in this universe. Our God on the throne is the God-man, Jesus Christ. Not only so, but in resurrection, for God's economy, Christ, the last Adam, God in the flesh, became the life-giving spirit in order to impart life, that is, to impart God into us. The Bible reveals all these things. And in our attempt to describe what the Bible reveals, we use the words processed and consummated. Processed pointing to the organic processes from incarnation through ascension, and consummated to point to the result, the issue of this. This leaves us, Chris, with an imperfect grasp of a profound revelation in its two aspects. One aspect is God is immutable in his essence, in his Godhead. He eternally is what he is without change. The other aspect is that in his economy, God in Christ has passed through a process to become the Spirit, the all-inclusive Spirit, so that, having been processed and consummated, he can get inside of us. We're told in 1 Timothy, God dwells in unapproachable light. How can we approach such a God? How can such a God approach us? Yet when he became a man, he became the light of the world. And now as a spirit, he lives in us, and we are the light of the world. So in his Godhead, God dwells in unapproachable light. But in his economy, God has become the indwelling light of life in us to make us a city of light set on a hill. We have a particular burden in the ministry, and that is to minister 
not mainly the doctrine of God's Godhead, but to minister the reality of the process and consummated triune God for the carrying out of God's economy according to the desire of God's heart. And because this is our burden, and because we want to reckon with the totality of the divine revelation, we, due to the poverty of our human language, employ words such as processed and consummated. But I wish to end this segment of fellowship as I began by pointing out, in himself, God is immutable. But in Christ, God has passed through a process to become the life-giving spirit. Because of this, we say that the perfect God, God in his Godhead, has become the completed God, the process and consummated God in his economy. The God whom we seek is not only the perfect God, but also the completed God, the God who is being dispensed into us for our experience and enjoyment that we may live him for his corporate expression unto his eternal glory and satisfaction. Ron, from your fellowship, the real key here to understanding this is to realize that there are these two aspects, and those who do oppose or criticize uh, the teaching that we have brought forth today would imply that by accepting the second aspect, we negate or disavow the first. But in fact, if the question were put to us, which is it? Is God unchanging forever, or has God gone through a process? Our answer would be yes. Yes, amen. It's unfortunate, but it's a fact of history that believers have used part of the truth to oppose another part of the truth. There is no need to do that. Let us receive the whole truth, the balanced truth, the complete truth, the total revelation in all of its aspects. Let us simply believe it and receive it. But as we do that, We need to resist the temptation, the temptation to systematize what is not subject to system. And that is, let us not ever assume that we can put the marvelous God of the scriptures into the box of any systematized theology. The God whom we worship and minister is the God of the Bible, but he's not the God of the box. We all need to get out of the box and into the Bible, drop our opinions, transcend our traditions, and open to the full light in the Word. If we seek only God himself, we will eventually see that the God whom we seek is the God whom we present In such a word as this, the God eternally immutable and unchanging, yet the God processed and consummated in his economy for our experience and enjoy him. The immutable God has become the processed God. Praise him. 
Well, time has elapsed, Ron, and uh, the printed life study volumes in their completion now for Leviticus is available. And if you've been following along, that's important to you. And, of course, the recovery version that we uh, talk about almost every day on this broadcast. Information about all of those things uh, and your fellowship and uh, maybe our answers to questions that uh, this has raised in your mind. All of that at the toll-free number 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-378. Or if you'd rather write it down and send it to us, your comments and thoughts, the mailing address, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or you can do it in an email note, and that would uh, be sent to radio at lsm.org. For Ron Kangas today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.